0: I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to The Power of Audio Science at Life. Today is my dear friend Helena Kositski. We met for the first time in March 2018 when I contacted her at Nielsen Music to commission Soundtrack Your Brand Study, The Hidden Value in Music for Business. In January 2020, Nielsen Music was acquired by MRC, and today Helena is VP at MRC Data, focusing on business development and data sharing of the global music business. For more than two decades, Nielsen Music, MRC data, consumer research, sales, streaming and airplay data have been trusted source for the billboard charts. Helen has been a part of the journey for over 11 years and before that she was working at PRS Music in London. Helen has studied music at Cardiff University and she's an active speaker at Midem, Nylon Connect, Music Matters and Women in Music. Today, Helen and I are gonna discuss the ins and outs of MRC Data's 2020 US year-end report, which provides an overview of the music industry's leading trends, data, and insights from the past 12 months. The report is a collaboration with Billboard and outlines the powerful role music continues to play in consumers' life. With that, Helena, I welcome you and thank you so much for
1: joining us. Thank you, Jasmine. It's such a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to see you and doing this together with you. <laughs> how are you doing and how is my old hometown London in times like this?
1: I am fine. London is, as the rest of the world, a very surreal place to be. Um, I don't think I've been to central London for months, um, which is quite sad. Obviously, I love the city. Um, We have had a challenging year, like many other countries around the world. Um, And London is on full lockdown. So no pubs, no restaurants, no bars, no doing anything. Um, And of course, in the wintertime, it's grey and raining. So conforming to its stereotype. (laughs) <laughs> but at least you've been very busy at work,
0: so let us dig into your data, and I'm super excited. Thank you. In June uh, last year, uh, I saw your presentation at Midem, the impact of COVID-19 on music, with the focus on consumer search for the new and with the hit of the pandemic, I believe it's very important for brands to understand how their consumers' music consumption and audio streaming behavior has shifted so they can adopt the change into their audio branding strategies. So walk us through the key findings from your presentation.
1: So, yes, you're right. I, I spoke at Mid-Am, um, virtually, obviously, as, as all conferences are now and, um, medium is at the beginning of june so we were about what two two and a bit months into the pandemic and one of the first things that we did at at mrc when when the pandemic started at the end of march was immediately start doing some research because that's what we do so we put a survey into fields um, in the us and we called it the you know the impact of COVID 19 so we wanted to understand, you know, how are consumers reacting to this complete shift in their life, basically. And um, and we then switched from it just being one survey into a tracker. So we, we started asking these questions and then we did so on a very frequent basis. So we asked every two weeks for the first couple of months and then a little less frequently and this year, uh, we will be doing another four waves of that tracker once a quarter. So we can really start to trend how consumers' behaviors have changed. Um, so back at the beginning of June, um, I was indeed talking about the search for the new. And that's really because as the world locked down and as everyone was confined to their homes and everything stopped, you know, normal life stopped, People, we saw, we saw immediate change in people's behaviors, obviously. Um, there was, you know, in the first couple of weeks, there was a real focus on watching the news and watching a lot of television, you know, sitting in front of that screen, almost, you know, 24 seven, trying to figure out what's going on, what's going to happen. What does this mean? And then as time progressed and people got Bored of being in front of the screen, they were constantly searching for something new to do. And actually, what we what we saw was as we as we did these waves, where people were switching up their behaviours. So initially, it was watching television. Then it was almost trying to stay away from digital and and discover things like baking and you know cooking like big meals and making sourdough. I don't know how many of these you did Jasmine, but uh, did you you make your own sourdough? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Neither did I actually, but a lot of people, a lot of people really, um, really went into their kitchens, but also like crafting um, DIY. A lot of people in those, you know, pleasant weather, spring months, did a lot of um, of work around the house all those jobs that people have been putting off but people were constantly switching and changing and looking for that new thing um, and one of the one of the other things that we saw a lot of and have continued to see a significant amount of is the um, adoption of streaming services so people signing up for free trials and then continuing to to use different types of streaming services. So on the film and TV side, that's seen the biggest increase. Uh, Netflix, Disney Plus launched in the spring of 2020, which is probably the most perfect time as everyone was suddenly stuck at home and here are all the Disney movies that you and your children might wanna watch. So they've had a fantastic year. We also saw a nice increase in music subscriptions. And obviously that's where I focus my time on the music industry. So seeing um, people exploring that new thing, discovering uh, a new service, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, um, and then also going on to discover new music via their new streaming subscription.
0: So so you would say like overall what they're, searching for it's not just like the new thing but it's also like they need to be entertained so Excellent. the entire entertainment industry has suddenly become even more important because before we soak out to be entertained yes. and now when you're stuck you you, you have this hyper need uh, of of doing things and being entertained and how do you do it and then thank god we have digital
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) yes it it was all about the digital entertainment so yes it became even more important and yeah it was a search for for new search for entertainment and search for you know shifting things up all the time so it wasn't necessarily new things completely but it was just new to you so a lot of that older generation that weren't so digitally savvy engaged were suddenly like okay now i've got some downtime maybe now's the time where i will discover this new thing called streaming so yeah.
0: well true and and with things happening and all the concert that got canceled Uh, You do mention that an interest in visual concerts have developed and grown also as a result of the of the lockdown. Um, So I'm curious to understand how interested are people really in visual concert? Is this something that will continue? And what is it about them that they enjoy? And most importantly, is the audience willing to pay for it because of everything else on the Internet has become for free right and then are they expecting it to be free now and then will the quality be
1: as good lots of questions there but you're absolutely right virtual concerts or live streams are a thing that you know 12 months ago we i mean they existed but no one ever talked about them because live music and going to live in person was was the thing that people did so um Yes, we've we've been tracking virtual concerts and con- the consumer reaction to these over the last um, eleven months, and there's there's a lot to unpick. So, firstly, are they popular? Yes, they are. Are they mainstream? No, I wouldn't say that they were a mainstream activity. So, you know, one of the questions that we ask is, have you attended? A live stream concert in the past two weeks. And about 25% of the US population have. So, you know, it's not a mainstream activity. It's not over half of the population. It's about a quarter of the US population that are engaging with live streaming on some level. And that, and live stream, you know, maybe back in March was the perception was, you know, it's someone, an artist at home in their bedroom, just going out on Instagram Live or Facebook Live or something and just engaging with their fans in that way. But now, really, um, there's still that happening. But there's, there's been this massive evolution of, of live streams. So we have the likes of Dua Lipa with, an, you know, a, a, a kind of insanely beautifully produced concert live stream there's Niall Horan who did a, uh, a a concert that was live streamed from the Royal Albert Hall there's Nick Drake who sat you know alone in Alexandra Palace in London and sold tickets for for his live st- live stream event um, you know there's there's beautifully produced and expensive events happening. So um, I think people are engaging. They are popular. People are paying to watch. Um, certainly, there are def- you know there are there are more paid live streams than there were at the beginning of of the pandemic. Um, what people are willing to pay is an interesting one. We have asked some questions about that. Um, I don't have a dollar value to give you, but um, but about 36% in our last, in our, this is data coming from our last wave in January of this year, about 36% of the US population are willing to pay for a virtual concert. So it's, you know, there, there is that, uh, that willingness to pay. I think people um, will be asking, you know, how do people want to pay for a ticket? Oh, sorry, want to pay for a virtual live stream, and it is by buying a ticket. So that mechanism that they're used to of like I buy a ticket, I go to a live stream, in the same way that they would go to a live concert also exists. Rather than people paying for like giving tips or paying to listen to a particular song, it is that more traditional method that is that is more popular. But um, but really, the public does enjoy them they enjoy you know if they're fans of a particular artist they like that artist connection we also we also found that people really like you know when an artist does a live stream from their home Mm. and they can kind of get that insight into that artist's life like this is what their living room looks like (laughs) and oh look there's their dog or something so that personal connection has really resonated with fans too
0: yeah yeah yeah. And, and how is the technology uh, developing? What, what, what platforms are you seeing out there that are taking over this
1: um, area? Yes. Well, that's been fascinating. There are a lot. So we've seen traditional, well, we've seen kind of like social media platforms or, or platforms that pre-existed very big players like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube you know they all have a live feature that artists have been have been very much using we've seen companies pivot so there are companies that were in the ticketing space perhaps that have pivoted also to hosting live streams or streaming platforms like Mixcloud they have like a live Mixcloud live where where people can go live on their platform or Dice which was a ticketing which is a ticketing platform they also kind of self-tickets for live streams and and kind of are in that space and then we've seen a lot a lot of startups Mm. so new companies springing up um all trying to kind of differentiate themselves in different ways and and that's quite challenging so you know are they hosting live streams are they producing live streams are they you know there's there's a there's a streaming service where you get you also buy a physical speaker and i mean this is very niche but you buy a physical <laughs> speaker and there is a recording studio that artists will go and play in and that speaker is perfectly tuned so that what you listen to at home reflects the exact live experience in that studio you know there are there are lots of there's lots of innovation here And I think along with that, there will be lots of jockeying for position and um, jockeying for position and acquisitions. So we we saw a couple of weeks ago that there's a platform called Veeps, which has now had an investment from Live Nation. Mm. So I think, you know, all of the big live companies are also looking at that space to figure out what they should be doing with live streaming along with life so but but it's positive right because
0: the music industry have been standing very you know how to say steady or very traditional Uh, not much have happened uh and now it gives an opportunity for entrepreneurs and for businesses to pivot to to fresher up and 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 create i think it's going to come out as it has already new amazing entertainment uh, opportunities
1: Um, Absolutely. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have a a kind of new exciting area of the industry, um, that's developed over the last couple of months. Yeah. I
0: think it's, I think it's the most important thing here is also like trying to create something robust. So, I mean, artists continue getting paid, uh, for their work. Yes. And, and, One area that's always been in in entertainment and and concerts is uh, brand sponsorship. And you guys asked a few questions. um, If people were more willing to to pay for the tickets, if they knew that a brand has sponsored
1: the virtual concert, what what was the results out of that? I'm not sure that we asked exactly if people were more willing to pay for tickets. We definitely asked how do consumers feel about brands Mm. that when they align themselves with virtual concerts or, you know, even more so when they, when they align themselves with COVID related charities or Mm. support artists in some way. And yeah, ultimately the, the response, was was very positive so more so i would say at the beginning of of the pandemic when the need was or necessarily the need was more urgent but it was very top of mind Um, but yes when brands align themselves with um with charity with supporting you know certainly smaller artists um then people people think more positively of that brand for that reason yes So this can
0: become an opportunity then for, for brands to get into
1: this world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I was actually talking to um, a label the other day who, you know, they have big artists and those artists have been putting on, you know, very big live streams that are well attended, that sell lots and lots of tickets. Yeah. And they said, you know, we don't, we don't even have a brand that sponsors this event. Mm. And, you know, it's a real opportunity for brands, I think, to think about that live streaming space and to align themselves with some of these artists, with some of these players, because they are popular and they are reaching, you know, it's very specific demographics as well, obviously depending on the artist, but, you know, it's a good way of reaching teenagers you know or or younger people who are generally more hard harder to reach by more traditional advertising as well
0: okay so now let's jump into the mrc data's 2020 u.s year end report what have you discovered
1: um so every year twice a year actually we put out a free report available to download from our website um which uh, summarizes the key trends that we have seen in both the US music industry and the Canadian music industry in the prior year. So um, we released in the first week of January our, our 2020 report, and we cover everything from, you know, the consumption trends so what's happening with streaming what's happening with sales um, and then you know a good summary of the key events of 2020 be they um, award shows or genres that we've seen interesting things happen in like k-pop um, we cover uh, there's you know an in memoriam section that looks at the at the artists musical artists that we lost in 2020 um we 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 pick some of the most interesting insights from the research that we've done either on COVID or on Black Lives Matters and that movement. So yes, it's 50 odd pages long and it's free. So I urge anyone to go and download it. There's lots of good data in there.
0: And uh, you've analyzed that consumers have spent more time with music than ever during 2020. Uh, What activities did they spend more time on and how come?
1: How come? Well, there was this little thing called the pandemic. No, so um, yeah, I mean that's that was that's really been the story of twenty twenty. The fact that our lives have been turned upside down and people people have spent more time with music, um, and what we saw were people, like I said to begin with, spending a lot more time with news and television, but um, then they adopted new forms of entertaining themselves. Um, And we saw a big rise in the use of social media, obviously as a kind of communication method as well, because that's that's all digital for the moment, and short form video. And when I say short form video, there are a couple of platforms out there, but the biggest one that everyone will know is TikTok. And 2020, we saw a massive rise in the use of TikTok by people. Could, could
0: the, could the um, increase of music also be a little bit, I've been speaking into the podcast with some people that uh, we, we feel an anxiety, we feel very isolated during this period of time that music uh, is something we may even take it for granted but during this kind of period of time, it uh, helps us relax. It helps makes
1: us happy. It mel- makes us connect to other people. Um, 100% yes. So yeah, we, we ask those kind of questions of like, why people listen to music. And it is everything that you're saying there. Yes, it is that it's a mood booster. It's a, it's a mood alterer, so it can make you happy. But listening to other types of music makes you calm. Um, it's an entertainment method. It's a way of keeping your children entertained. Like it is an all round useful and amazing thing. So yes.
0: And then music is a global language then.
1: Uh, and
0: culturally, we do know that people consume music differently. And in your report, uh, you did look at the diverse musical tastes and consumption methods. Where did you, what did you find across the different cultures?
1: Yeah, so we um, we did a bunch of surveys in different countries and we look at, you know, how do people in different markets consume music differently? How do they discover music? Where do they consume music? And what, what are they listening to? And unsurprisingly, whilst it is a global music industry, it is also localised um, and, you know, Things like in Japan, um, the local genres are more popular than Western music. So, you know, people do listen to Western pop and Western rock, but really, you know, it's Japanese pop music, it's classical music is very popular in Japan, music from soundtracks, music from anime. um, And, you know, every every market has its kind of unique structure. In France, for example, French language music is also very popular, Um, partly, I suspect, driven by the French quotas on radio. So, you know, radio in France has to pay a certain amount of French language, French music. Um, In... Italy, we saw that again, you know, whilst Western music is very popular, Western, say Anglo-American music is very popular, there's also, you know, especially amongst teenagers, a real love of Italian language, R&B and hip hop. So music from their country, from their streets, you know, there's Neap- Neapolitan hip hop is a, is a real, really big kind of sub-genre of hip hop that's very popular there. Um, oh, I had similar... no, no,
0: sorry i had no idea because i mean i am sometimes in France and yeah I, I knew that french hip-hop was you know yeah. really huge and, and and popular but italian that was something new absolutely okay.
1: italian hip-hop and but this is i mean actually hip-hop is a kind of very local or local language hip hop is very important across europe so again germany that's a, it's a really big thing too so germany france italy all of these countries uh, music in that local language is is hugely important
0: it could it also be that uh, hip hop is 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 a way of uh, talking it nicely about the challenges that is going on in the different, you know, suburbs and what's going on in the country. So instead of going out and doing negative, you, you're trying to impress, express yourself
1: through music, which all sometime comes, the hip hop brings that out. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yes, I think it is. It's that cultural expression of your particular situation. And then that resonates very much locally. Um, but it doesn't necessarily translate to other countries, partly due to language, but then also partly due to that experience being very, very local. So,
0: yeah, yeah. It really shows the power of, 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 of music, um, what it can, it, it can do for us. So with the whole, um, increase in everything with music. So let us then jump into the billboard charts who is on the top and what has influenced these results?
1: Well, so there are lots of Billboard charts. Um, So let's, I'll I'll talk about a couple of them. So in the U.S., uh, obviously Billboard have the top 200 albums chart and the Hot 100 songs chart, singles chart. So they're the kind of primary US charts. On the top of the album chart this week is Morgan Wallen, who is a country music star that, yes, as of yesterday, and we are recording this on the 4th of February, um, is in significant hot water because of a racial slur that he used. So I suspect uh, his reign at the top will be limited. Um, on top of the the songs chart um, and also on top of the Billboard global charts. So last year, Billboard launched two new global charts, uh, one global 200 song chart and then one global excluding the US. So looking at the rest of the world and what was happening there. The same song is on top of all three charts and that is um olivia rodriguez's driver's license which is a massive massive hit this year um partly driven by tiktok which is a driver of a lot of new music discovery and a hit maker um but yes uh the biggest song of the year so far undoubtedly
0: and do you think because of all these new platforms where uh, musicians and are able to express themselves and as you say, th- the old model was, okay, let's get a label and let's get me exposed. Now with the whole TikTok era and all the similar platforms, they can use it themselves and suddenly uh, they can end up on the billboard. You, is, is that the possibility?
1: So in terms of, um of you know what drives the charts then you know they're made up the the album charts in the us are made up of, of physical digital um album sales um and of streaming the whole 100 also includes radio um airplay and the global charts are you know streaming and digital downloads i think you know there's there's a lot of ways for artists to now promote music and promote themselves there's you know that connection with your fan is hugely hugely important but at the same time you know to get to the top of the charts you need support from um all across the industry and you you know you need you need big big numbers so um i think it's a combination of lots of different promotional marketing activities
0: so if we want to summarize 2020 then, what are the three things that you would say that summarizes pandemic 2020 in
1: this music world? I think, you know, like I said, it's that it's that search for the new. So, you know, new ways of entertaining yourself, um, a growth in streaming and adoption, you know, a change in people's behaviors around streaming. Um, I think the the new developments that we saw in in live music, in short-form video, in the rise of TikTok, and and then in terms of, from a kind of musical perspective, um, and we haven't really talked about this, but like the new, um, not the new, but like the rise in certain genres that we have seen, the the types of music that people, wanted to listen to and I think a kind of a nostalgia and a comfort that was required oh we is that what you saw, saw in the genre area we did we did I mean it's genre has been really interesting in terms of, of of the trends that we saw but we we saw um obviously there was impact on release schedule so there were far fewer new releases over the summer mm. um as it big artists who had planned, you know, their album launches just pushed them back. So there was, there was, and and very much in the pop space. So there were far fewer new releases. Um, And so we saw a lot of people listening to older music, um, going and, and looking for artists that they haven't heard for in a while, or looking and listening to back catalogs from artists and that kind of nostalgia trip. I'm I'm listening to music Ah. from my youth and and it makes me feel calm and comfortable and safe and all of that.
0: But that's very interesting, right? Something negative happens, we get anxiety. What, What kind of music do we pull back? It's the new fun, but also as you say, that music is comfort. And then you want to go back to that old and be remembered. And again, psychology it, it writing back that happiness and and positive memories uh, in yeah. all of this going on. What what genders were most uh, people drawn back to? And also in your report, you talk about that there were a couple of people passing away, which also might be that they gone back. What genders were genders were you seeing?
1: So we saw a really big rise in, on streaming platforms in country music in the U S so that I think driven by a number of things, but you know, country music is, it's not surprising. It's very familiar. It's very American. So I think for, you know, a lot of American listeners, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's family friendly, you can put it on in the house when you've got kids at home and it's not gonna offend anyone. Um, and uh, I think also because we saw older people, so people who were trying streaming services for the first time, you know, maybe hadn't uh, used a streaming platform before, uh, were, were moving from listening to country music on the radio to listening to it on their Amazon, Alexa or something you know what you know wherever and um and so we saw a big rise in country music we also saw an increase in latin towards the end of the summer so I think that's also a a mood lifter on the whole there was also you know a a number of big latin artists that released albums and released big big songs but yes um from a genre perspective big increases in country music and latin in audio streaming last year, amazing. And and now let's put twenty twenty behind
0: us. And how does the forecast looking uh, in twenty twenty one? What have you seen? What are the predictions? What are our
1: predictions? I love this bit. <laughs> so, I think from a genre perspective, you know, we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, a genre like. K- pop or music out of Korea, pop music out of Korea, become much, much bigger in the US. Um, artists like BTS have had multiple number one albums. Super M have also had a number one album. Um, so, you know, K-pop is, is big, you know, it's not mainstream, but it's very well known. And, and we're always looking for the next new thing. And, and what we've really noticed is the rise in, music and listening to music from Africa. So we asked in our most recent survey, we asked about Afro pop and we said, you know, how many people have listened to Afro pop in the last two weeks? And it was 11% of music listeners, which is, you know, a big chunk of people. And so I think in terms of where to look, Afro pop is um, an interesting area, artists coming out of that continent um other things that we kind of predict for 2021 a continued growth in audio streaming we are not peak streaming um we think possibly in the us we may reach a trillion audio streams by the end of this year we were about 800 billion last year Wow. So, you know, a continued growth in in audio streaming as it becomes, you know, the main way it, it already is. But, you know, the, the main way that people are um, across all age groups are consuming music, um, I think. And, and along with that, country music on, on streaming is going to continue to rise. Um, you know, I think there is, you know, it's a huge genre for for the U.S. and it will continue to be very popular. And then following on from last year's trend in the visual space, I think we'll see continued evolution there and continued adoption. And when I say visual media, I'm meaning short form video, things like TikTok um, becoming ever more popular, you know, 58% 58% of U.S. consumers stream some sort of short-form video mm-hmm. in, in a given period. So, you know, it's it's already very popular, but I think that will continue to rise. Um, and as will the the interest in live streaming and the continued evolution of live streaming to, to meet the needs and desires of different audiences. And, you know, we... We may have got used to the way, to a degree, the way that we, we live now, but I think people are still searching, always looking to kind of have some sort of new experience wherever they can. So I think the music industry's um, drive to meet that need um, is something we're gonna see in 2021. And what about the gaming industry? Because music has
0: also gone into gaming Is it possibility to see streams there? And also what I'm seeing with virtual concerts are that they're trying to make it more gamification around it to make it even more amazing and and cool. And as you say that people looking for the new now, how can you bring that uh, concert uh,
1: experience into the virtual world than VR? Oh, wow. So many, so many things in that question. VR, gaming, uh, gamification. I mean, I think, yes, uh, absolutely. um, Music is a big part of gaming. Um, I know there are, there are also certain licensing issues that will need, will need to be, will be resolved um, around music. Also, you know, when it comes to, to live stream performances, there are a lot of artists that have, that have performed within gaming platforms. You know, um, Jay Balvin in Fortnite, um, Travis Scott, I think also in Fortnite, uh, fe- kind of music festivals in Roblox. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of that happening as well because gaming is massively successful and popular amongst younger generations. And, you know, the pandemic has done nothing but drive the importance of that. So I think um, we will continue to see evolution there and continue to see the importance of music in that place, as you know, that virtual space. Um, when it comes to VR, I personally and I am not necessarily an expert. I'm certainly not an expert in the VR space. Um, I have not seen a lot of VR events or or kind of anything really that's that's happening in that space. I think the pandemic has not suddenly made us all adopt VR headsets as a way of, of embracing music.
0: Mm, that could be interesting to see if there's something coming up. I, I've heard some, some small birds here and there saying that uh, it might be something popping up and it could bring the... Uh, like bring the value of a music because then the uh, fans can get closer uh, to to the artists. And I think that is something that people are looking into is how do I get closer to the artists? What can they do that become more personalized?
1: And, and yeah. It's, it's- yeah, I mean, there's certainly potential there, but I think it all depends on the consumer and whether they're willing to embrace that.
0: Hmm. And
1: yeah, it's, it's certainly a space to watch, I would agree.
0: And what is it, what kind of music do you like? And what is it about the industry that you're working that you love?
1: Um, I hate that question, what kind of music do you like? I love all music. You know, one of the, one of the roles that we have at MRC is to be completely objective. Oh. and just you know report the facts <laughs> <laughs> um but but in all honesty i've been fascinated by um by k-pop i travel what, what is k-pop i didn't ask you that maybe i k-pop but I, I mean it's purely pop music out of Korea um by korean artists oh now i get you you know bts blackpink nct 127 exo red velvet i feel too old for that right right
0: now but yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know before covid i would travel a lot and um you know my my trips to korea i always i found the country and the culture fascinating and 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 the way that they um that that the the culture, be it beauty or food or films or, you know, television or music is exported outside of Korea. Very, um, yeah, just fascinating, to be honest. So I I do love K-pop. And what was your other question? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Why, why music? Um, I think, I think what's fascinating is i mean obviously i love music itself but i also really enjoy the understanding the impact that it has on you know society on culture the the importance of um of it and of music fan of music fandom to people's lives and you know just understanding people through music I do I really enjoy that
0: and do you remember the experience we both had when we were in London
1: and yeah. we went
0: to your uh, offices in the consumer neuroscience that you got the opportunity to test and
1: put the EGG on your head absolutely yeah so so when we were part of Nielsen and Nielsen at that time had a neuroscience division and there was a lab and jasmine and i went and and they you know stuck things to my head (laughs) to monitor my brainwaves, and then made me watch some advertising it's fascinating um yeah because you know there is that subconscious reaction that we all have to stimulus be it advertising or be it music and music is is so powerful in that way um yeah and that's
0: what I love about what I do is like, music is something that is just around us. It's like a magic around us. How do you bottle it up? And that's what I liked about when we went to the lab. At least we got an opportunity of like, okay, let her listen, let her watch us. What does pop up in, in your head?
1: <laughs> it was, it's really weird to be monitored in that way because obviously it's it's, you can't control it. It just happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I'm, I'm, I'm so inspired and impressed because you've been in the industry now for like 18 years plus. How did you then end up in this? Cause it couldn't just have been
1: randomly, right? Well, I think we all, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's an element of luck to everyone's, everyone's <laughs> career and trajectory. Um, I did, you know, as you said in your introduction, I did a music degree. Um, because I loved it and I played the piano as a child and I I but not with an idea of ending up here for sure. Um and then I got my first job at the PRS for music in London. Um just you know, an entry, entry level job, but an introduction and an excellent introduction to the music industry. And and I think just that constant curiosity about this space and and then you know working you know I worked in the international division of the of the PRS for a couple of years and then you know kind of exploring the world of music outside of my home country and um you know I spent a couple of years living in the US which is obviously the biggest music market in the world and just just yeah that constant desire to try and understand what's happening around the world more has kind of led me to this you know this great job of 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 tracking what's happening in all these different countries and, and what people are doing and what they're listening to and what's important.
0: Well, you are involved in a lot of different kinds of organizations, and one of them is actually, well, through, through your work, you invited me to the Women in Music Leadership Global Summit branch in Cannes during MIDDEM in 2019, when everything was normal. Uh, tell us about this organization and the importance of women in the music industry.
1: So yeah, so Women in Music is an organisation with offices or, or chapters um, in multiple, multiple countries around the world, uh, from you know the US, Canada, India, South Africa, and the UK. Yeah. Um, and the role is to promote um, and promote equality, diversity. Um, and support women in the music space be they artists be they in the music business side of things um, to yeah to support to provide education and I think you know it's really it's it's a vital resource um, it's very important to me that that the industry we work in reflects the the music fans that there are you know everyone not everyone say everyone loves music some people actually don't but a lot of people enjoy music consume music um are touched by it in some way and you know men as well as women and i think the industry we work in has to reflect the fans um and the consumers of the music that is being created
0: mm. Mm. And then they're helping that out.
1: Well, yes, helping with education, with support, with um, with providing those networks so that so that women women and men who support women um, absolutely uh, can um, can meet each other, can learn from each other, can grow. You know, all of those good things.
0: Yeah, I mean, based on my own experience and because of the fun of the industry, it's enormous popularity to want you to work in the music industry Uh, and even like get the foot in, is not easy. Um, What kind of advice do you have for people that want to have a successful career in the business side of the
1: music? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it can be quite a challenge. Um, I think I'm going to give some advice that I didn't do, but in hindsight, I suggest that people do. So, so I think that one of the key things about the industry and, and I've never worked in any other industry, so it may also be may also be in, in other places, but music industry is actually very small and it's very much driven by networks and who you know. Mm. You know, people know people and and it's very important to grow your network and meet as many people and to constantly keep doing that, not just at the beginning of your career, but you know, constantly keep evolving and, uh, and, um, and networking. I think that's that's very important. The other thing that I would really advise is to learn as much as possible on the job as you can early in your career. And I think a good way of doing that is by trying to work in lots of different areas of the music business. And so work for a record label and work for a publisher and work for a performing rights organization or work at a studio or work, um, you know, all these different areas in those early years of your career. So you can really A, build your network and get a grounding because it's quite a complex industry. There's lots of different areas, lots of different moving parts. And to learn about it from being in it, I think is hugely powerful. So yeah, I did not do that in the early stages of my career in the sense that I didn't go and work for all these different types of companies, but I did move around, move jobs, move teams, move departments quite a lot in my early career to kind of really get an understanding of what everyone did and how it all fitted together. Yeah, it's it's nice. Everybody's journey is different
0: but it's always great to be able to get some advice, uh, how you can get in. I mean, people ask me the same question and I say very much like just be consistent, uh, show what you love and 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 just go for it and, and knock doors. That's probably yeah. what, I, what I've done my way. Um, now with, Like trying to end this, I want to know, going back a little bit uh, back to what I mentioned before, I mean, this report has been very interesting because it's very important to understand the consumers' uh, music consumption and, and behavior. And I also talk a lot about bringing things up for brands to understand, because brands, these consumers are brands' clients. And it's therefore very important for brands to understand where should I exist? Where, is, where are people? What can I do kind of creative branding, audio branding to reach out to these people? Uh, based on, on your report, uh, of all your reports and, and everything going had passed in 2020 and the forecast going forward, what practices do you think you could give to brands to think about, to fit into this uh, world from a
1: sponsorship perspective or from a any perspective engagement engagement I mean I think you're absolutely right obviously music consumers are brands consumers Um, I think music allows brands to access a A consumer that can be hard to reach in other ways. Um, I think that there is a lot happening in the music space, um, especially as we've discussed with live streaming, that that brands should really pay attention to. You know, aligning themselves with the right artist or the right cause can really... um, can really influence the way that consumers feel about that brand um, it can be really powerful and you know there are there are lots of brands that work with with music or with artists um, and have aligned themselves over the years and quite strongly um with the music space and yeah they they certainly see brand lift or the kind of perception of the brands increase because um of of that very smart alignment and and we can you know we we work a, we work with brands and we help both um helping brands make sure that they're partnering with the right sort of artist that's going to give the right sort of perception mm. of their brand mm, and perfect. and then measure and measuring the impact of that of that um, brand alignment so yes very interesting. Do, do not overlook music and um, brands out there it is um, it is a very diverse space there will be an artist or a genre or an event or something that absolutely meets your criteria in terms of who you want to reach
0: and, and today brands don't have to think about like i have to be that multiple million brand uh to do this with all these amazing short videos and, and, and new up and coming artists, uh, things happening, even um, like startups or other companies can actually get involved and, and it's, it helps with reaching their uh, target group emotionally. That's, that's the power of, of music that it has.
1: Yep, 100%. Jasmine, you are right there. There's <laughs> lots of opportunity, uh, different shapes and sizes. And, and yeah, music provides that emotional connection. I um, can't wait to see everything coming up.
0: Thank you very much, Helena. Thank you, Jasmine. so lovely. And if people want to know more uh, about your report, where can they go and, and read
1: it? So the uh, year-end report Um, in in conjunction with billboard is available to download from the billboard website billboard.com and it's free Um, and otherwise you can find me in all the usual places on twitter on linkedin and um, i'm happy to to uh, talk to anyone so just get in touch
0: amazing thank you thank you well that's all for today's episode of the power of audio science and ai I'm Jasmine Moradi, your host, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and support by sharing this content on your social media. This episode is supported by Stockholm Music City.